Welcome to Expat Money Experts, the podcast that provides weekly analysis and tips to help international investors and savers navigate the complex world of effective financial planning whilst living overseas. So let's join your host, Andrew, and our panel of experts for the latest episode and help you to keep leveling up your money management. This week, we are discussing property in the UK. I'm joined by James Stanton, who founded Britannia Global Property, which is a property company that services a largely expat audience and specialises in the UK market. What do you think the impact of the current situation will be on the UK property market? Um, well, it's, it's difficult to assess right now, but they, in every market, in every um, world economy at the moment, there is going to be an impact from it. So the, the fallout isn't necessarily going to be known right now. It would be sort of maybe later on in the year or the third quarter. There will be some say discrepancies in areas when it comes to, to losses. Um, however, that said, areas that particularly are, are doing well at the moment and we're coming back into focus that the northern areas are where we see the least um, losses um, being impacted on. So effectively, London will always take the brunt of it when it comes to the property market. Um, but the northern sectors are, are higher up on viewings already. They're more, they're generally more affordable when it comes to housing. There is more of a shortfall in those areas. Um, so I think afterwards, the main impact will be hit by the bigger city um, in the UK, which is London, and then potentially um, further up to Birmingham might see a little bit of a, a slight drop. But the northern sectors, um, Liverpool, Manchester, Leeds, Sheffield, Newcastle, these will um, probably see the least amount of losses, in my opinion, um, based on the current sort of trend that we're seeing. But it's going to be difficult to, to assess um, right now what the real impact is. We're going to have more of an idea, I guess, towards uh, Q4 of this year. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think only, only time will tell. Um, aside from, obviously, the, the pandemic situation, um, are there any areas where you're seeing you know particularly good opportunities um i think at the moment anything you can you can you can assess that is that that one bedroom level just over a hundred thousand where it's going to allow a client who has been you know particularly cautious during lockdown and during the pandemic stage with their money um still has remained having you know still has got their job so there is income coming in those are the opportunities you want to be taking because they've come slightly down from that 130 level, maybe down to 120. So there's a little bit of a difference in pricing. You can snap up a good bargain. Liverpool is showing some great um, prospects at the moment when it comes to some period buildings, some greater listed buildings that are going for just over 100 for a one bed. Manchester is another example of places where you're going to see the benefits from a slight price reduction, um, but albeit very slight. Um, and so people looking to get on the one bed ladder for a bit of passive income, an investment where they have um, already a home potentially and they just want some passive income. I think that's the sort of you know key benchmark and key areas I'd be looking at. Leeds and Sheffield are interesting as well. Um, we've got some new products coming in Sheffield actually, which are going to be quite interesting. So these are the niche areas you want to be going to. You want to try to avoid the tier one category right in the city centres of anywhere. Um, they 
tend to be slightly overpriced and obviously um, so everyone is trying to go for that. So you need to be kind of strategic when you're looking for an investment. So we tend to look at the tier two of the city because you get more yield and you get more growth. So I think it's always important to make sure the client is looking for um, the right area and also the right government funding potentially in the area as well. That's where you're going to get your growth, where the most regeneration is going to happen. If the regenerations are already happening, you're not going to get as much growth. Um, it's just as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you mentioned, obviously, a number of northern um, cities. Are there, is there any reason that you think those kind of places like Birmingham, Manchester are, are becoming such good opportunities? Is that because of the government initiatives? Are they still ongoing? Yeah. Yeah, you have the Northern, Power, Northern Powerhouse project, sorry, um, which obviously is going to be going in excess of billions of investment over the course of the next sort of 10 years. You have like the phases of it, like Manchester was phase one and seen most of that investment already. You have phase two, which is the Liverpool area. Then you have phase three, which is slightly further up in the northeast. The opportunity has really arisen because London house prices are so expensive. Like they're, you know, astronomical in some areas. Um so the building of HS2 as well is giving giving opportunity potentially to clients to um, potentially work in London and live somewhere like Birmingham, which is only then 47 minutes away by uh, by train with HS2, when it takes you know me the best part to get across one side of London an hour. So it's you know the the, the opportunities will come because of uh, the rising house prices in the south, the better opportunities in the north as well. Remember big companies are in the north now you've got the bbc you've got itv you've got um deutsche bank um bank of new york mellon jaguar um range rover you have um, bentley all massive huge manufacturing companies are up there so there's creating better jobs just cheaper to have the workforce up there as well and what does that do that more workforce um brings um in, in essence more rental opportunities for clients if there is property to um that needs to be given for the workforce you want to be on the front line of, of being able to rent them out. And that's what's happening in the northern areas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, you mentioned a couple of price points earlier, uh, just to sort of uh, recap on that. So for, say, a, a, an investor who wants to get into these opportunities that you spoke about, um, roughly, you know, what, what would an entry point price point look like? Um, and sort of what's the sort of top end as well that, that you guys deal with? Sure. You can you can you can buy um, in Greater Manchester, one of our developments we have at Stone. You can enter that from eighty five thousand. Um, that would be non mortgageable, um, but eighty five thousand would be um, the the minimum price point. That would be a one bedroom. Um, going into Manchester, Liverpool, the price points are ninety eight thousand for a studio, and then you know one fifty for a one bed in Manchester, potentially one thirty in Liverpool. And then you go all the way up the scale. Birmingham is a, is a different kettle of fish, a bit more expensive. You're looking um, sort of from the 150 plus for one bed up to the normal standard range in tier one center of 250 for a one bed. Um, uh, Sheffield is going to be quite nice as well. That would be just over 100,000. So, um, I mean, that's the sort of investments we look at. Then obviously you go into London, you've got, you know, some of the developments you have in, in the high street in Kensington. And they're like 2.45 million for a three bed, which is you know 2,000 pound a square foot. So the, the 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 vast difference is astronomical. So you want to look. Clients are going to want different things. You're going to have. I'm going to have clients who want it for investment, because that's predominantly what we do. We have clients who like who want a who want a home. 
So I have a client at the moment who's looking particularly for London, and he wants to live in a three-bedroom house in the centre of London. He's, he's going to it's going to cost him, and and that for an investment terms, he's not going to make loads on it. But you have a different scale of investor. You have someone who wants to do it for you know passive income, and you want someone who potentially wants it as a home for themselves. So you're going to have the scale from eighty-five thousand. Going back to your question, 85,000 all the way up to probably what we see at two and a half million. So it's a very vast scale. Right. Um, that 85,000, obviously, you said is, is non mortgageable. So mm-hmm. um, sounds very, very attractive, but you know, you'd have to be a cash buyer then in that case, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, and, a cash, it's, a, it's a cash buyer. So for that, for that, for that level. Okay. And, and for other people who you know, are looking at higher up there, looking to get a mortgage, um, is there? I've heard that some expats, you know, potentially have a struggle when it comes to getting a mortgage back back in the UK. Um, is that something that you guys can can assist with as well? Yeah, we have um, two in-house brokers who work with us. Um, you know, it's predominantly for us, and their their main focus is expat mortgaging. I haven't seen any particular expat mortgage turned down for, for anything in in my time so far. Um, there is a sort of sort of minimum sort of uh, sort of maximum LTV. You're looking at the max I've seen for an expat, um, a British expat, or, or even a foreign expat, is 75% LTV. So you'll get 75% loan to value on the property. Um, but we we have a client in, in Zimbabwe at the moment that we're we're getting um, funding for, and you can get up to 50%. So it caters down that it takes risk into perspective of the country. Um, it's subject to status for every client, but I haven't seen any any sort of indication to see why it'd be difficult for us to obtain um, mortgages for expats everything has gone through um, so we uh, we're, we're more than capable of helping um, expats um, obtain mortgages um, in this current climate even at the moment they're doing virtual virtual um, sort of uh, surveys so they're, they're still up and about working well, not all the lending has been turned on just yet so you know the virtual valuations are the, are what's happening. Um, currently, um, but you know, in the next few weeks, most of the lending will be turned back on, um, and there'll be abundance of choice again, like there was six weeks ago. Fantastic! Uh, you guys are obviously, you know, a fast-growing business. Um, you specialise predominantly on the UK, uh, but you know, what would you see as the future of your company going forward? And is there any other markets that you think, uh, you know, particularly interesting for you guys to start offering? Yeah, we, we we are going to be obviously mainly focused in the UK. I think it's going to make up, you know, more than three quarters of our portfolio um, during the next five years. Um, we have looked at other areas, obviously, um, I have an affinity with Malta as I lived there for nine years. So we will potentially look at something after this is has finished and probably over the next few years as their price, as their um, housing market takes an adjustment. Uh, Montenegro, we've looked at as well, very good price points. It's we're one of the last jewels in Europe where you can, you know, live in a, in a marina for, you know, 150,000. Um, so these things aren't obviously, obviously yeah, around that much. They're too much in Europe anymore. So we're looking at areas which are a bit different um, for for our clients, but we don't. We're not going to go to places that are done. I, I feel that the we have to look at niche markets. We have to look at niche investments for clients where we're going to be sort of pioneering into these areas and offering to to people rather. Than just you know following the sheep, you know following the sheep and going into to other areas like everyone else. We want to try and choose wisely and not just take anything. So 
we we have got those two areas on the radar, uh, but we are going to be waiting to see how the dust settles. I think for the end of the year, UK property is still so strong, um, regardless of what's happening. The shortfall in the UK in the property sector is still um, in excess of thousand. So we need to we need to keep building houses, and property market can only still go up. So for us, selling that to an investment to a client, there's no there's no better place to do it. Um, so I think we are going to still keeping our heads focused in the UK for now, and and when we sort of you know come out and, and once the dust has settled, we'll 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 branch back out into the other areas where I just spoke. About. Fantastic. Well, I think uh, everyone will really appreciate the information you've you've given us today, um, and thanks for coming again. No problem. Uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll speak to you guys soon. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Expat Money Experts. We hope you enjoyed listening to our experts and can take away some ideas for enhancing your own financial planning. Please like and share this podcast so that more people like you can benefit from the knowledge and the opportunities that we share. If you'd like to pose a question to our panel for a future episode or would like us to cover a specific topic, then please reach out to us by email at panel at expatmoneyexperts.com. Equally, if you'd like to connect directly with any of our panel, again, mail in at panel at expatmoneyexperts.com and we'll take it from there. Expat Money Experts is an independent podcast brought to you by Hoxton Capital Management.